For everybody who's here, maybe, maybe you're just joining us for the first time today, okay, or online today. We've been in this amazing series, let me, let me tell you where we've been, called Rooted. And what we're doing is we're looking at various principles that if we put them into practice, what it's going to do is it's going to deepen our relationship with God. So this has been so good. We've talked through the importance of being rooted in gratitude, being more thankful, being rooted in our faith in Christ. We talked about being rooted in joy and not just happiness because, you know, when we just rely on being happy, um, you know, happiness always changes based on feelings, but we need to be rooted in joy. Instead, we've also talked about being rooted in hope that Christ can bring the change that we're looking for and also being rooted in kindness. That was last week. Uh, we talked about how last week, and if you missed this, you can go back and check all these out online. But last week, we talked about the fact that, you know, we seem to be, as a society, divided um, more now than ever before, it seems that way. And we may not agree on everything, but one thing that we have to agree on, one thing that is the greatest commandment, Jesus says, is to love God and to love each other. We have to love one another, and we need to be kind in how we respond to one another. So we need to be rooted in kindness. So all those are online. If you missed any of them, you can go check them out. But today, we're going to talk about one of the most important principles to be rooted in, at least it is for me, okay? And here it is. The root of patience, okay? Being Patience, and not, not only just dealing with patience, but also when it comes to this topic, it's also how to deal with our anger, okay? Let me just ask this question. How many of y'all say that y'all need a little more patience? Let me see. Raise your hands. Be honest. This is a safe but Yes. I think every hand in here should go up, okay? Now, let, let, me, let me do something fun with you. I'm going to take you on a little exercise that I do in premarital counseling, okay? So I'm going to give you a little counseling session here, okay? And I'm not even going to charge you for this. This is free, okay? I'm not even going to charge you extra, okay? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you um, this verse up here on the screen. Now, before we go through this verse together... Let me just say, this is a, this is a great thing to do um, if you're married this morning and you're, you're here with your spouse, okay? You can play along with your spouse and do this together, okay? Um, or if you think the person sitting next to you is cute, try, okay? You can try, anyway, maybe don't do that. Don't be, don't be weird. Um, or if you've got a family member sitting next to you, you can play along as well. This works in any relationship. Or if you're on your own this morning, just think about it. You can do it later with someone, okay? Or if you're online this morning and you're not with us because you're at the beach, I'm sorry, but you can't play because I'm jealous, all right? You're out, all right? I'm just playing. You can, you can play too. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you this verse, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Let's read this. Here's where it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, so when we accept Christ, we are given his presence to make us a better disciple. And the Holy Spirit comes in and produces this type of fruit. Now, let's be honest. Some of us have more fruit in different areas than others. Okay, and that's just true. We need help developing this type of fruit. So here's what I do with my couples. Because I think we need to be more encouraging. I think sometimes it's hard to give compliments. We don't do it, well, we, we don't do it enough. So I tell them, I say, look at this list, and I want you to pick out one thing, one thing that the person sitting next to you does really well, okay? The one fruit that you see that they just excel. And I know that the person you're with today or the person, I know they're great at everything, Okay? But if you could pick one thing and say, you really excel at this, which one would it be? Okay, so right now, I want you to do it. Do it. Go ahead. Talk to your, 
Talk to your spouse or talk to your friend right next to them. Tell them which, what is that one thing that they really excel at, okay? Go ahead. Be nice. Compliment one another. This is good, okay? If you're on your own, just think about this for later. Okay. So I love that we're having discussions. This is great. Now, we're going to move on because we can't take forever. Now, here's where I want to go next. I want you to think about the one thing that you don't do well, okay? That you don't do well. Not your spouse. Because I'm about to ask you to point this out. I do not want you pointing out, I just already see it. Yeah, well, you need more kindness in your life. I'm not going to ask for you to point it out in the person sitting next to you. No, 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 no. This is all about you. What is the one area in your life that you probably need to develop a little bit more? Just this is self-reflection. You're just thinking about yourself. What is that one thing, okay? Think about it. Maybe even write it down in your message notes. Two things. I want you to take that thought with you today and say, you know what, obviously I need some work on here. This is something that God has impressed on me. If I'm, if I'm picking it out of this list, it probably needs, means that I need to work more on it. So maybe go home and pray about developing that type of fruit. The second thing that I bring up, most of the times when I do this and we're giving compliments to each other and we're also thinking about how we can grow closer in our relationship with God through this fruit of the Holy Spirit, The number one response, usually, what I get back most of the time is patience. Most people say they want more patience. A lot of people say either patience or they'll say peace. But I believe the two kind of go hand in hand a little bit because if I have more patience, then I'm going to have more peace in life, really. It's the fruit of the Spirit that I think that a lot of us, at a lot of times, we need help with. We can all think of those moments where our lack of patience has caused problems in the home, in our marriage, at work, in the line of the Home Depot. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Um, but it does cause problems. And guess what? If our lack of patience causes problems with other people, then what we said last week is how I relate to you directly has an impact on how I relate to God. If I'm not reacting well with you, if this isn't going well, then this isn't going well. So this is important to talk about. It's good to be rooted in patience when I'm dealing with others, in patience when I'm dealing with God. God doesn't always act or react in the way that I think he needs to, and sometimes I'm left wondering, what are you going to do or when are you going to do it? And I lose patience with God. I lose patience with others. And when I lose patience, guess what? I start to get angry. And that's where anger works into this whole scenario. I like the way that Proverbs 14.29 puts this in the contemporary English version. It says it this way. It's smart to be patient, but it's stupid to lose your temper. And that's true. It's wise to be patient. It's foolish to be quick-tempered. You see, it's hard to talk about patience without talking about tempers and getting angry because that's what patience is. Patience literally means slow to get angry. And the Greek word for patience, whenever you would see patience used in the New Testament, the Greek word is makrothumos. Makro means long. It means slow. It means drawn out. Thumos or thymos, it means anger. It means wrath. And so, in other words, patience has a long fuse, right? You don't boil over. You know how to control your anger. Now, when it comes to anger, though, Anger is not necessarily wrong, okay? God, 
We don't just need to throw the whole thing out because God gave us anger. And let's be honest, sometimes it's appropriate to be angry. Did God ever get angry in the Bible? Yeah. Did Jesus ever get angry? Yeah. He even got so angry one time, y'all, he grabbed a whip. You remember that? People were standing around going, get him, Jesus. (laughs) It's like, whoa, what just happened? But my point is this. God gives us the ability to get angry, but it's got to be managed. It's got to be controlled. Anger out of control is very destructive in our relationships with others and in our relationship with God. But anger, anger in control, when it's controlled, is a great strength. So my point is this. God has given us the ability to be angry, but it's got to be managed. Right? In fact, someone who had a tough time controlling his anger in the Old Testament is a guy that everybody in here knows. Okay, even if you've never been to church before, you know this name. You know about Jonah. It's a perfect example of someone who allowed his anger to get the best of him. And because he was angry at others, guess what? God was not happy with him. It only hurt his relationship with God. And I think that there is a lot that we can learn from Jonah. And this is good because most of us only know the portion of the story of the great fish. The big fish and being swallowed and all that kind of stuff. But what I want to do is I want to take you to the very end of that story to chapter 4. And what I want to do is I want to read this through together, and and, and I want to teach you some keys to managing things a little bit better, maybe controlling our temper a little bit, and allowing ourselves to be rooted in more patience. So let's turn to Jonah chapter 4. If if you brought your Bibles and you're following along, or you got your app open with your Bible on it, it's in the New Living Translation. Everybody else, we're just going to put this up on the screen, and then we're going to fill in some blanks in those message notes, okay? So let's, let's start in, cha- in chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. This change of plans, and we'll talk about what that means in just a minute. It greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were merciful and compassionate I knew that you were slow to get angry and you're filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead. What in the world is going on here with Jonah? Let me start from the beginning. Back in chapter 1, that part of the story that you know about. God asked Jonah to travel to a place called Nineveh. And he asked them to preach to all these people that were honestly, these were just terrible people. They were not good. They were not good at all. Um, Nineveh was in the Assyrian region, and the Assyrians were known for their brutality. For instance, when they captured a city, they were known to dismember people. Um, They would also, okay, brace yourselves for this one. They were known to skin people alive and then bury them in the sand. Like it was, it was terrible stuff. And it was so bad that if communities knew that the Assyrians were coming, they would commit mass suicide in order to stay away or to keep, prevent what was coming. So this was not good. It, but if you watch, for those of you, let's, let's, that was kind of heavy, so let's bring a little bit of levity here to it. For those of you that watch the VeggieTales version of this story, you know that what made the Assyrians so mean is that they would slap each other in the face with fish, which is funny, but is not biblically accurate. 
They may have done it, I don't know, but it got a lot worse than that. <laughs> anyway, so God asked Jonah to go and preach to these Ninevites. And you know the story. Jonah says, no way. I'm not doing that. I mean, honestly, what, sometimes we read these stories and we forget what it was really like to be that person. I mean, put yourself in Jonah's shoes. What would you have done? Sometimes we like to look at these stories like, how could Jonah do that? I mean, think about it for a minute. So Jonah says, no way. And not only does he run, but he runs in the opposite direction. Nineveh is in towards land. He goes into the sea, gets in a boat, and goes completely in the opposite direction. And of course, you know the rest of the story. He gets thrown off uh, out of the boat, and the great fish comes and swallows him, takes him back. And when that happens, Jonah's like, well, I guess I'll go. (laughs) And the unbelievable happens. He goes and he preaches. And they turn to God. And they repent. And then Jonah, instead of celebrating this, he gets angry with God. Because he wants them punished. And he looks at God and he says those words. He says, I knew it. I knew you would do this. You are a God that's slow to anger. In other words, Jonah was like, why are you being so patient with these people? They don't deserve it. And where God was patient, Jonah became angry. I think we can learn a few things about remaining calm. Number one, here's your first thing that we can write down. Reflect before reacting. Reflect before reacting. Maybe Jonah should have done this. Maybe he should have just pushed pause and reflect just a moment. Don't respond so impulsively. Pushing pause is a tremendous tool and a great remedy of anger because anger delayed, guess what? It gives us a chance to cool down. The longer you hold that temper, the better it improves. So what do you do during the delay? Here's what you do. Maybe try to understand your anger. What is it about this situation that's making me so impatient? Why am I angry? It's usually the result of a couple of things. Um, it's usually the result of because we're hurt. You know, this could be anything from missing the nail and hitting my finger, right? And that makes me angry. Or it could be I'm hurt in a relationship. I'm hurt because of something someone's done. It could be that we're frustrated. That's another reason. Frustration about the current situation and how it's kind of playing out. Man, it just heats things up. Or I, 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 I'm, I'm angry because I'm afraid. You know, if you push an animal in a corner and they get scared, what are they going to do? They're going to fight their way out. And sometimes we respond the same way because we're scared. We feel like we're being pushed in a corner. You see, if we delay long enough, maybe, maybe we can begin to understand and unpack why we're angry in this situation. And then it's easier to deal with the situation. And also, also, what's great about this is that if someone is angry with you, pushing pause and maybe having a delay, it gives you the chance to maybe understand what's going on with them. Because maybe they're hurt, right? Or maybe they're frustrated, or maybe they're just afraid. And it helps in how we respond, and it helps in being more patient. So reflect before reacting. Once you do that, you're ready for resolution. Let's keep reading with the story. In verse 4, God says this, The Lord replied, 
with Jonah. Is it right for you to be angry about this? Here's God's reaction. When Jonah is just going off on God, God is like, really, Jonah? Really? Is it right for you? You know, as the great theologian Ice Cube once said, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Um, Jonah's looking, I mean, God is looking at Jonah going, really, Jonah? Here's the second thing we need to do. We need to resolve to manage it. We've got to resolve ahead of time to manage our anger. Can you, I, I just can't imagine what God is thinking about looking at Jonah going, really? Jonah, really? Like, if anybody should know about patience and how I've dealt with you, because if anybody is wrong in this story, it's Jonah for running away. Not only did Jonah not do what he was supposed to do, he went in the opposite direction. Let me tell you this. Let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a child do something? And not only did they not do what you asked them to do, but they did the exact opposite. And you know how that makes you feel in that moment? I remember some of y'all, <laughs> I just made some of y'all upset just thinking about it. I hear you. I hear you. We were talking about this just last week. I'm going to share another Abby story. This is so great. At the time, it wasn't great, but it was funny thinking about it now. But when they were little, we went on vacation, and we went to this hotel, and it, they had a pool up on top of the roof. We got there late, so we decided, you know what, we'll take the girls night swimming, let them get some of that energy out, and we won't go swimming, but we'll let them go swimming. And Abby was, Abby was little, um, and she was in her little floaty thing, and she's floating around, and we're sitting on the side of the pool, and we let them stay for as long as we could. And then it was time to get out. And so I looked at the girls. I was like, okay, girls, it's time to go. Let's go. It's time to go to bed. And Savannah, of course, she immediately jumps out. And Abby doesn't do anything. She just stays there. And so I said, Abby, it's time to get out. She doesn't do anything. So then I get stern. Abby, it's time to get out of the pool. It's time to go to bed. And not only does she not get out of the pool, was that she swims, she paddles herself right into the middle of the deep end. And she turns herself around and just looks at me as if to say, you want me out this pool? You're going to have to come get me. And y'all, I'm losing my patience. But she knows that I'm not going to get in that pool because I am fully clothed. But what she doesn't know is that there is that long pole with the net on the end of it right behind her. I ain't playing. I went over, grabbed that pole, I netted my child, and I pulled her right up to the top. <laughs> oh, gosh. Everybody has those stories, right? Chances are you've got a story of your child doing something like that in act of defiance. Or maybe you have a story of that in your life. Now, think about that for a minute. You have those stories of what's happened to you and how you've reacted to what God's wanted. Not only did you not do it, but you did the exact opposite, and yet God was patient. And yet God gives his forgiveness. And yet God loves us anyway. And in this moment, is it too much to ask the same from Jonah? This is exactly what God does for Jonah. You know what I think? I think that when we get in those situations, I think that we have way more control over our anger than we think we do. And the reason we get so angry and the reason we think it's so difficult is because we get this adrenaline rush and we feel like we can't control it. And it's almost like this is what's happening to Jonah. He's just overcome with the emotion of it and he's just pitching a fit. So maybe the key 
is to think about how to manage it ahead of time. You know, we, we, we're, we're deciding in advance to, to be slow to get angry, and here's what I'm going to do in order to deal with this anger so that I can become more patient. Right? And if we don't learn to manage it ahead of time, then we're never going to have a lot of patience, and it's going to affect our relationships with others. And if our relationships with others are affected, then it affects our relationship with God. So things get worse for Jonah. He just can't seem to control that anger. So let's keep reading. It says this. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. And the sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Point number three is this. I got to release my anger appropriately. I got to release. I got to have patience I got to learn to release anger appropriately. Once I've reflected, once I've stopped, once I think about managing, I got to think about why it's irritating me so much, and I got to release it appropriately. Because Jonah is not doing this here. Again, he just sounds like this whiny brat. Just complaining, complaining, and complaining, and oh, death is even better than this. The problem is there are so many things that irritate us in life. Right? I mean, there's just so many things that we just don't react appropriately to. One of the things that always cracked me up, since we're, since we're talking about a little bit about relationships and we started off with marriage um, and what I do in premarital counseling, generally what I've found that in any relationship, there are two types of people. There's the type that like to arrive early, and there's the type that's always late. So let me see, raise of hands, how many of y'all like to be early to whatever there is. There you go. Okay, You're like, if I'm on time, I am late. Is that you? Okay. How many of y'all are like, you know what? I am worth waiting on. It'll still be there when I get there. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll never forget one of my favorite TV shows is um, Everybody Loves Raymond. I remember this episode where he's sitting in the car and he's waiting on his wife. And his wife never came. And she never came. And he's looking at his watch and it's getting later and later and he's going to be late. So he decided the best reaction in that moment was just to leave her at home. And so he drove off without her to go to this function. And for the first couple of minutes, he's thinking to himself, this was an appropriate reaction. Like, I'm, you know, we're all going to learn something here. And then it flashes back to two minutes later, and he's just crying in the car. And he's just saying, what have I done? <laughs> Probably not the best reaction. I think, I think we can all probably think of times when we probably did not release our anger appropriately. Let me give you a few things to think about when it comes to how to respond to anger. And you can write these down on the side of your notes, okay? Don't suppress it. Don't suppress it. Okay, what I mean by that is just to ignore it and bury it. Don't push it down and pretend that it's not there. When we suppress things, it leads to depression. So don't necessarily suppress it. Number two, don't express it. Don't express it just then. Okay, a lot of times, sometimes when we just, in those moments where we just feel like we have to express it are the moments that we respond in a poor way and we're not being patient. This is just exactly what Joan is doing. Number three, here's the other thing, is confess it. Don't suppress it. Don't express it. Confess it. Confess what's going on. Confess what's making you angry. Admit it to yourself. Admit it to God. And maybe even admit it to the person that you're upset with. Okay, and allow that moment to be a time of guidance for you and how God would want you to respond, how the other person would want to respond. 
So let's look at how God responds to Jonah. Look at verse 10. God says this. Then the Lord said, Nineveh, Jonah, Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? In other words, point number four is this. Realize the cost of uncontrolled anger. Realize the cost of your uncontrolled anger. Maybe Jonah should have done this, right? God's like, Jonah, you realize what you're asking me to do, right? There's 120,000 people. Not only that, but God has compassion on the animals. And he's like, there are so many lives, people, animals, souls, right? Let's, Jonah, let's just calm down a little bit. You see, sometimes you're less likely to get angry when you realize what it's going to cost you. Like, like what's actually going to happen? There's always a price to losing our patience. Proverbs 15, 18, here's, here's a couple of verses. Proverbs 15, 18 puts it this way. Hot tempers cause arguments. Proverbs 14, 23, anger causes mistakes. Proverbs 14, 17, people with hot tempers do foolish things. Anger does this. Losing our patience does this. More anger, more apathy, more alienation with others and with God. It will strain our relationships if we're not careful. And you can see in this story, the relationship is being stressed. There is this tension between God and Jonah. Because Jonah has lost his patience with someone else. So as we close this, let me give you three things real quick. I know I'm running out of time. Stay with me. Three things real quick that maybe Jonah could have done and what we can do to remain patient. Let me give you three final things. Um, Point number five is this. And I know we got a lot of points today, but I'm going through them quick. Refocus my mind. Refocus my mind. And here's what I mean by that. We are programmed so much to see and respond like they do on TV or on social media and the movies or whatever. Most of the time, society says that we need to yell and we need to, you know, seek revenge and we need to say bad words and all of this stuff. And that stuff, you know, when that's all we're filling our minds with, it affects us. And we tend to think, well, I would never respond that way. Really? I mean, when that's all we're watching, when that's all we're thinking about, we may want to refocus our mind on some good things. Maybe, maybe try reading Scripture. Or you know you're going to be in a, in a position where you're going to lose your patience with someone or something. Maybe take a memory verse with you when you go. Focus on that. First Timothy says the Bible will correct us and teach us. Allow it to. Allow it to work on you. Or how about a devotional? In the morning, set your mind straight, refocus your mind before you head off on that stressful job or that stressful situation or that stressful, sit down and have that devotional. So the last thing, that what is running through my mind isn't what I watched last night before I went to bed. That probably wasn't all that appropriate. But the first thing that I read this morning was scripture and this devotional and being grounded in Christ. And I'm going to allow that to be my focus as I move forward today. So what are we focusing on? Maybe focus on a verse or two or devotional. Another thing, point number six, relate to people who are patient. Hang around with other patient people. Proverbs puts it this way. Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is contagious, so don't get infected. I love the way the message puts that. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get, that's true, right? It's so true. Anger is contagious, 
You know, if I start yelling at you for no reason, you're going to try to remain patient. You're probably thinking, why is the preacher yelling at me, right? But there's probably going to be only so much you can take before you start yelling back. Because that's what we do. I raise my voice, you raise your voice. That's how we respond. But you know what? Patience can also be passed on. So if you're serious about developing those deep roots and the fruit of patience, maybe consider spending some more time in relationships with people within the church, right? Consider who you're hanging out with and if that's feeding you or not. And I know we don't have our act together always in the church, but at least we're trying. We're moving forward together. And if we're hanging out with a bunch of Christ followers, then hopefully what we're doing is we're picking up those good qualities and we're receiving the help that we need. And then the last thing I'd point out is that we've got to rely on Christ's help. We've got to rely on Christ and his help to deepen these roots. Romans 15.5 says this, May God who gives patience, okay, may the God who gives patience, notice who gives patience, starts off, God is the one that gives you the patience. May God, who gives the patience, steadiness, and encouragement to help you to live in complete harmony with one another, each with the attitude of Christ toward the other. You know, wouldn't it be great to have patience and steadiness and encouragement in our relationship with others? That's what we want. That's what we're at. The answer comes through Christ. God himself is the one that provides this. So how does Jesus help me have more patience and less, less of a temper? Here's how. He helps us get to the root of the cause. Right? He deals with our heart. He doesn't deal with just the outside stuff. He does deal with that, but he also gets inside. And what's really causing the issue of why I'm so upset. And if we allow Christ, what he can do is Jesus can replace that hurt and the pain and the anger. And he can replace that and fill us more with his love. So let's close this out. You know what's so interesting about this story in Jonah? It's this question. What happens next? Because go home, finish this out. Chapter 4, it just ends abruptly. The story just, I just finished it where we finished in chapter 4. That's how it ends. We don't know what happens next. Does Jonah come, you know, does Jonah get his mind right and say he's sorry for how he's acting? Or does he get even more angry? Does he get even more upset with God? Does he make God even more frustrated? We don't know how the story ends. And I think that's perfect. I think it's a perfect way for it to end because it leaves me with the question of what would I do? It leaves us all with this kind of opportunity for some self-reflection. What's next for me? How would I respond if I were Jonah? How will I respond next time I lose my patience? Next time I have a temper? Next thing I start to get angry? Maybe with the help of Christ, I can learn to be more rooted in patience. Let's pray together. God, I just thank you for providing us with the patience, the steadiness, and the encouragement that we need. So God, help us to learn to control those things that just get at us. Help us to reflect in those moments where we lose our temper. 
help us to resolve ahead of time, help us to release that frustration appropriately. And, and God, I just pray that you would help us fill our minds with uh, the positive and uplifting encouragement that comes from your word. God, help us to receive the guidance we need through your word, through scripture, through your presence, but also from this church family. And God, just help us to rely on your strength to give us the peace and the patience that we long for. Because God, we understand that our relationships are better. Our relationships are better when we have patience. Not only are they better with other people, but God, it's better with you. And that's what we're after, is growing closer to you. So God, we love you, and we give you everything we have. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.